Alright, it's Luke's home C2C League. I am Luke. I'm Jacob. And we are here today with special guest Ian Rinker. Thanks for having us on. Thanks for having me on, guys. Look forward to it here. Yeah, I know Jacob's really excited to get a trade done for uh, Anthony Richardson. I'm pretty sure it's probably just about done, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, as always, we'll get started with NCAA news. Uh, Carlos Del Rio Wilson, uh, he is on Patrick's team. He goes to Syracuse. Uh, Dion Smith on Tweet's team uh, goes from LSU to JUCO. So RIP to any wide receiver on Tweet's team. Just don't want anything to do with them. I'm a little bit nervous about getting uh, Devontae Adams. Like, I know he's in a new situation and whatnot. Like, if people want to come offer me things for Adams. He touched Tweet's team. I'm nervous. Um, Javon. It, it does piggyback on what we talked about. Like, what do we think about these guys who are just sticking around in the portal for so long? Yep. I mean, and then he goes Juco from LSU. Like, that's crazy. There's a bunch more out there, too. Where are all these guys? What's their plan? Because I think I thought he would just go back to LSU if the offers weren't that great. And then he would be their number one receiver, potentially, if Boutte just sits out the year. I'm I'm hearing a... I'm hearing a little bit more buzz that that might be something that's, like, realistic, where Boutte just doesn't play this year. So... Rostering him from a Devi standpoint, I like, because I don't think he falls all that much, but I would like him to play at least one game where he's running for the yeah for the scouts or whatnot. Like, There's a lot of mystery around even what his injury is. I've been told... I think, I think I've been, it's been out there that it's his ankle, but I don't know. I feel comfortable that it's an ankle based on who I've talked to at LSU. So it just seems like when injuries hang around like that, then all this speculation starts, and at the college level, we don't get confirmation of anything. Yeah, it's it's definitely tough, and it's like some schools are really good at not letting any information out. Where it's like NFL, like you have to have some conversations. Like nobody has to let anybody know anything in college. Yeah. So, um, another name I wanted to bring up. Nobody has rostered him, but it's uh, Javion Baker. He was a receiver for Alabama. He was a freshman last year. I think put up just over a hundred yards. Had one TD, I think. Um, he was supposed to transferred to Kentucky something fell through I don't know if his grades or whatnot I'm hearing rumblings that he is going to go to Maryland so Maryland could get another you know he could get an Alabama wide receiver I know like they have good wide receivers at Alabama so why not take a look at them uh, for supplementals uh Mountain Dante Demas Jr. and Hopefully, Rakim, Jarrett are going to be gone after this year. Well, so that's wide open. And I'm hope like Demas had that bad injury against Iowa, and I think 
he's on schedule, but I'm not for certain. I haven't heard much about him coming back or if he's on schedule or whatnot. So, yeah. Um, Mountain West in 2023, they're going to move to the winning percentage, just like the Pac-12 is this year. So another another conference going that way. I'm just going to quickly gloss over this. In 2025, the SEC has talked about potentially doing an SEC tournament where we're going to have Oklahoma and Texas into the big or the SEC, and then we'd have 16 teams, and then you would have four conferences of four. They would play each other for seeding, and then you'd have the ones play the ones, twos play the twos, and, and so on, and go from there. Um, that's a long ways out. I'm sure it's just a rumor, but seems very SEC to make a tournament of a tournament of a tournament just to get more people watching the SEC. That's how you make money. Uh, league trades, for once there are none, so that was nice. Thanks, Nate, for taking it easy on us. <laughs> I don't like it. I I mean, I like watching and seeing all the trades. I don't like talking about them when we have, like, 15 of them. So that's probably, you know, on me and and Jacob for waiting so long between. uh, We probably need to, like, filter through, like, the trades that aren't all that exciting. (laughs) So Just talk about the ones that are either lopsided or exciting in some way. All right, we can do that. All right, uh, Jacob, I'm going to let you take the NFL news. NFL news, Daryl Williams to Arizona. Um, a lot of people liked Keontae Ingram and even Eno Benjamin when he came out, so not sure what that actually means for them. Daryl Williams, there's a reason he keeps kicking around the league and getting playing time, and I you can't discount that. I think he'll be a good pass catching back so I don't know I don't know who it hurts more Ingram or Eno um, Eno had his chance last year to kind of show what he could do but was inactive most weeks so I don't really know if there's much for Eno in the first place yep and then um, the Patriots don't have an offensive coordinator. They have a second-year quarterback and very few offensive weapons. And so basically they're down to either Joe Judge or Matt Patricia as their offensive coordinator for this vaunted Patriots offense that we are going to see in 2022. Well, Matt Patricia was a great head coach for uh, Detroit. I think everyone really liked him. Absolutely. Really – really turn that franchise around so I think that would be a good option um, or or the head coach for the New York football Giants because Danny Dimes really turned into something like spectacular so I don't see how you could mess this up it's, it's nice that Belichick gave the, those guys a, a spot in land <laughs> yeah it's like Belichick is known for bringing in players and giving them second chances it's like alright here, here you go, guys. Last time, don't fuck it up. 
Yeah. It, it's just, it's weird. Their entire draft was weird. I mean, no you, one can look at that and say that that was a good draft. Even if all of those players turn out to be all pros, it still, in hindsight, is a terrible draft. Do we think that Bill Belichick maybe is mentally losing it? Yeah, he's 80. <laughs> It was all Tom Brady, right? <laughs> Players over coaches. I mean, yeah, I'm not a big coach guy, but I can hear Dennis like just being so excited about the coaches. And then, uh, right, OTAs started this week. Is that right? They did. So you're going to see a lot of camp footage that's going to get you extra hyped over people. Um, I've already seen a couple. I've fallen into that trap every year, so I'm going to do it again. I got a question for you guys. I'll, I'll go with Ian first and then and then Jacob. Uh, Ian, I don't know if you saw on Twitter, but Traylon Burks caught a ball. Um, Is Traylon Burks being out of shape the 2022 version of Jamar Chase can't catch a football? Yeah, I think I think you might be on something there. Yeah, that's what was blowing up all last year. Can Jamar Chase catch a football and then yeah, yep. turn the NFL world upside down, didn't he? Yep. I don't, I don't know. That was still wild. Can't catch a football. I don't, I don't know. Jacob, there's always there's always some yeah. drama going on in OTAs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's May, and so I don't. There's plenty of time to get in shape. I'm. Made let's hear what else made the round. Justin Ross caught a ball. I don't know. I th- I think I've seen two highlights on Twitter of him catching a ball. Sky more nothing. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, if I'm somebody, I would trade Sky more to me for Justin Ross. <laughs> the writing's on the wall. The re- I mean, Twitter's never been wrong. So one played for Clemson. One played for a school I've never heard of. So. Up to you. <laughs> In general, do we care about OTAs at all? Yeah, because I'm a junkie. I I only care about my players and that like I hope they go to OTAs. Not like you know, not like your Aaron Rodgers. You know the people that are like, you know, he doesn't go. He wins MVP. You know, your your studs, but like. Your second year guys, like Nikhil Harry's on my team and he's not going to OTAs. Like, dude, you're just like fighting to get onto a roster. Why are you not going to OTAs? Like, yeah. like those types, I, I care about. But everybody else, it's like the rookies are gonna go. Your vets are gonna, you know, mostly not go. I don't know. It doesn't really mean anything, but it means sometimes a little bit to me. Nikhil Harry. I don't know what that. I mean, it always feels good. Like if you if you have a guy on your roster and he's making plays at OTAs, training camp, preseason, it doesn't matter. It still feels good that they're making plays. Yep. I don't know. You shouldn't put too much stock into it, and you shouldn't completely change how you view a player because of any of those things. All right. Well, that's all the news we have. So, Ian. 
we'll get Actually, ready. I have one more piece oh, of news. Oh, what's that? And this is a big, big piece of news that came out today. They are creating a horror movie about Winnie the Pooh. It will be called Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. And I couldn't be more excited because I don't think anybody asked for this. I don't think anybody wanted this. And usually that means it's going to be fantastic. My wife. This is a project of love for somebody. My my wife, when she was younger, loved Winnie the Pooh, so I will have to let her know this. She also hates scary movies, so it's like meshing two things together. I actually kind of love the premise. I read a... Today at lunch, I read basically an interview with the director, and he said, Christopher Robbins goes off to college, and he abandons Winnie the Pooh and Piglet, and they start starving. And so then they basically are searching for food and become feral. And they just become predators. And I am, <laughs> I am extremely excited for it. Well, maybe maybe something that would be better in IMAX, I'm not sure. It's definitely not getting to IMAX. They shot the entire movie in, I think, ten days. <laughs> <laughs> there was no budget here. Nice. Well, I'll have to tell my wife and see how... See how that goes. Good date night, Luke. Yeah, date night. 40 dates this year. That could be one of them. <laughs> All right. So, Ian, what is your C2C strategy? How did you attack, you know, your college draft, your NFL draft, what you were doing in the season? Uh, you put the hammer down to Nate. You showed him exactly how to run an NFL franchise. Talk to us about that. Yeah, so I guess first and foremost, man, this league is uh, so much fun. Uh, just adding the, the college side to things, just, you know, fantasy football was already great, <laughs> but just adding the college side to it just takes it to a whole nother level. Um, thanks, Luke, for inviting us all to this. So, you know, some were probably skeptical at first that, you know, what exactly is this, but, man, it's uh, it's been a lot of fun, and uh, I've enjoyed it. It's uh the college side is pretty crazy. There's so many teams, so many players. It's uh, how many how many games? Like I know you had was it uh, Calvin Turner on your team? How many times did you stay up and watch Hawaii football till two in the morning? Yeah, way too many times. <laughs> <laughs> and you know he, he was an okay player for me, but uh, you know I don't know if exactly if he's going to find his way onto an NFL rap. NFL roster or not, but no, just yeah, just those random players on all all uh, all parts of the country, late at night, early in the morning. It's just yeah, it's it's you find yourself watching games you never thought you would. So it makes a lot of fun. And I I really liked the whole uh, five flex. Like some people are like when I tell them about it, they're like, oh, that's kind of excessive. It's like more players, more points, more fun. Yeah, sort of back up to the strategy. So I didn't know what to, to think or to, to strip. I didn't even know where to start strategy in a league like this. So I just went into it um, kind of open-minded. I, my goal was to have uh, competitive rosters on both sides. And for the most part, I think I did. Um, I didn't quite have as much success on the college side, but it was still fun. I was still, uh, I still kind of made the playoffs and lost in the first round. But um, 
you kind of had an up and down season where yeah. it looked pretty good, and then uh, once I traded for Bailey Zappi, who ended up being like the best quarterback in the college side, kind of went down. But then you made a couple trades and then got back into the playoffs. So yeah, you and you were a scary team there at the end too. It was just like, oh fuck, I hope I like I hope I don't run into Ian. Like it was a scary team. That yeah, was mainly thanks to uh, Lou Nichols. Man, he just had a crazy year last year but yeah he made it he made me uh he made me competitive in almost every game just because he went off every week maxin baby yeah (laughs) yeah so uh you know but strategy on college obviously uh went into it just looking at um you know the recruiting services the rankings obviously that's that's where i started and then you know did a little bit deeper dive trying to find some diamonds in the rough uh you know, there was there were some misses that are going to be trimmed off the roster, but uh, um, no, just finding uh, just finding more and more services. You you mentioned them when we were talking before this, but the, what the twenty four seven and what what's the three one on on three and rivals? Yeah. yeah, and they all have their own experts, and they're all different. So it's just kind of it's fun to to check them all out and get uh, different people's take on it, but. Yeah, just in the college draft, it was over. It was a little overwhelming. I mean, you didn't know some of these guys you were even looking at or uh, I, trying to pick. But like, uh, once you got to like that, like fifteenth round, yeah, it was just like, all right, what dart throws away? And there's like forty five, and I was like, oh I was man, just searching Twitter for like names at that point. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. One, one little factoid: I'm not a huge fan of on threes rankings. They absolutely have the most accurate heights and weights for players. It, there are guys that you can see on tape that you're like, that guy is 240 pounds, and then 247 or, you know, rivals or something has him at 210, and you're like, no way. No way. Yeah. So it, it, it's weird how all the different recruiting sites have their own thing that they're better at. Mm-hmm. You know, it's inter- so I talked to – a guy at 24-7 and asked him, how how do you get this stuff? Um, I think I, maybe I told you about this, but, like, they get them from kids will send them pictures of their physicals or they get them from the camps that they go to. And some of the stuff that they don't have access to, like, if they go to an Under Armour camp, like, they don't have access to that stuff, so then... They don't get that, but they pretty much either get it from doctors from their physical or sometimes the school would have it that they might go that far. But, yeah, it's, it was interesting to, to hear that. Like, how do you get how do you get that stuff? Mm-hmm. I always like when it's not divisible by five for the weight just yeah. because, you know, they got that from a specific place. This guy's 188. I can probably believe that. Gotcha. Yeah. So the, yeah, the college side was a wild ride on the on the draft. Obviously, you knew the first you know twenty rounds or so. You might have you might have heard some of these players, but after that, you I mean, you're just taking dart throws and and uh, really scouring the the web for names and ideas. But the NFL side was a little bit easier. Obviously, we all know. Um, a majority of the players on that side and the strategy I took there was just uh just to kind of stay young I didn't take too many uh old players um I knew that 
I was going to kind of be in this for the long run. So I did, I did try to stay on the younger side, but also um, taking the best guy on the board that's young. So. But uh, yeah, my strategy, same thing moving forward. I, I, want, to, I want to try to stay as competitive um, on both sides year in and year out. But obviously the main, the main goal is to, to keep feeding the NFL side from the college side. So find those guys and get them to the league. So you talked about like trimming off some some fat on your team. Um, other than Anthony Richardson that you're probably going to cut, is there any other guys that you um, maybe put it on the trading block if people want to reach out? Because that's the thing. It's like some people have starters that would be on other teams, like even if they're depth pieces. And it's like, hey, I don't yeah. – our fab, you only get a couple waivers, so you know, I can get this guy for cheap now or wait till week four. Yeah, um, I anyone's available on my teams, uh, so uh, I, yeah, anyone's available, though. Well, I see your smirk there, but, uh, uh, no, I'll get, I'll get to it here. But one of my weaknesses in fantasy football is I'm terrible at constructing my own, my, my own trades, so. It's better if you come to me with something. I just I need to get better at I need to get better at constructing my own trade proposals and, and think it out. But if you come to me, I'm willing to listen. It's very it's hard. Better. It's very hard to like, especially with the college side. Yep. Yeah, because like you don't so know it's if this just to throw crap out there and let it get declined and then whatever. Um, just yep. know that you're comfortable with paying that price for whatever players you're going to be getting. You know. Yep. So, I so think it's one of your other questions too. Luke, yeah, we'll just ju- we'll just jump to that now. It's like, what's the best way to get a trade done with it? You said uh, like, hey, just come to me with yeah, something. I think, that's the, I think that's the first thing. Just come to me if you're if you have your eye on someone on any of my rosters. Just come to me. And um, the be- the reason I think you and me have been so successful when it's come to trades, Luke, is it, I just like to talk it through. Um, talk talk it through both sides. I mean, I don't. I don't know everyone's team. <laughs> uh, you're, you're the one that knows your team the best. Obviously, I know my team the best. Let's just talk it through and, and see both sides. And um, that's the way. If, if we both feel good about it and we can both talk it through, I think that's that's the best strategy with a trade with me. So, so then uh, we'll go. We'll work backwards. So, what's the what's your biggest strength? on your college team and then we'll talk about your weakness on your college team uh strength on college team I, I, right now currently i wouldn't say i have a bunch of top end quarterbacks but i do have several that are going to be starting this year most likely um but uh and i do have some pretty decent uh um top end wide receiver talent as well um, at least two of them uh so, I'd say those are some of my areas of strength. And then uh, weakness. Weakness on college side, uh, running back depth overall. I, I don't have any studs for sure. I have some um, okay middle of the pack, uh, you know, uh, maybe college production only type running backs, but um, I don't have any uh, showstoppers that are gonna most likely find their way to the league. 
One guy I really like on your team, like, again, just a college producer, is uh, Brad Roberts at Air Force. It's a service academy. They just run the ball a crap ton. He had, like, I don't know, like 13, 1,400 rushing yards and double-digit touchdowns. So I thought that, like, he's a really good guy to yeah, have Yeah, they the run team. the ball a lot. He was an easy guy to plug in um, if I was questioning someone. He, I mean, he, he was pretty consistent, and they run the ball a crap ton, and, yeah, he found, he found the end zone a lot. When I look at market share stuff for wide receivers, their wide receivers always show up because they barely throw the ball. <laughs> it's like seven catches. All of a sudden they have this 40% market share within their offense. And then you're an, you're an Iowa State fan. You got uh, Brock there. Do you think – Iowa State does a really good job of kind of keeping things in-house. It's like – do you think he starts? I, I think he does start the year. Um, I've just been hearing some rumblings. I think the Norton kid coming in is uh, – I think there's some rumblings that he's the real deal. So, um, But they also have some decent uh, – some other guys in the in the running back room there too. Uh, help me out, Belleville. I think one of them is uh, – They got Aaron Adams, <coughs> but I think he's going to transition probably to a slot wide receiver. He's, he's just way yeah. too small to be playing running back. He might get Silas. Silas. He's a gadget guy, but. Yeah. But, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. Uh, obviously, you're going to have to replace a pretty darn good running back in Brees Hall. Um, but I think Brock is going to get the first crack at it. But they do have some depth there. Like I said, um, the Norton kid, he's kind of a sleeper. So. He's got great like NFL size. Big dude. Yep. So, let's see here. We talked about your – so, what – I don't know if we talked about it. What guys are you excited for on your college and NFL teams? Yeah, so, uh, we'll start with the college side. So, I mean, we'll get more in depth into a few of them because we want we identified a few of the guys on my teams as, as main talking points uh, in this show. So, we'll skip those two. But one of the other guys I like, and Luke, you'll know him well, but um, Jermaine Burton, he's getting a lot of love preseason. Um, Just salt in the wound. Just salt <laughs> in the wound. I think, you know, Alabama factory, uh, you've said it before, but, yeah, he's – He's in the Alabama wide receiver room, and he's going to be on the field, and he's going to he's going to see his fair share of throws, I think. So I'm excited. I think he's going to have a good year, and obviously he's got a decent shot at uh, next year's draft. And then the NFL side? Yeah, NFL side. I went wide receiver heavy here for some of my favorite pieces because that's where a lot of my depth is. Um, it would be definitely my strength on the NFL side. So a few of the wide receivers I really like, Michael Pittman, uh, going into year three, um, you know, Matty Ice is coming to town. I think it, those two are going to have a pretty pretty good season. Uh, I'm really excited about that one because my thoughts on Matty Ice is that, like, he's a good football player. And Julio Jones never got the touchdowns. He just got the yardage. Like, what are the Colts going to be? Is, is that kind of thing going to follow – does it follow Matty Ice or was it an era, or was it an Atlanta thing? I'm kind of curious on on how that falls. Yeah, yeah, it'll be fun watching this year. 
a couple other guys on my NFL side. Uh, Elijah Moore, um, he showed good flashes last year as a rookie. I think he's uh, he's a dynamic wide receiver, and hopefully the Jets don't screw him up because <laughs> I think he is a special player. But he's yeah, he's on the Jets, so we all know what that means. <laughs> But um, the last one is the, a rookie I got coming in uh, from Penn State last year, Jahan Dotson. So he uh, he heard his name called on uh, the first night there. So I think he's going to get his fair share of opportunities, and who knows what uh, what's happening in Washington. Um, but I think there's rumblings that uh, I don't even know what is going on with their wide receiver room. Um, is, is McLaren is he close to being out of a contract? Is that what I've heard? Yeah, I, I don't, I don't he's know. in he's in the last year of his contract. He's he reported to OTAs, but he's not doing anything at OTAs. So he's there to like teach and mentor and stuff. But you know that's a contract that they have to get. Honestly, I was kind of surprised that he went ahead of Traylon Burks. I didn't. I didn't. Personally, I didn't think Jahan Dotson was a first-round wide receiver. That kind of shocked me a little bit, but what do I know? I mean, the NFL likes yeah, something. I think it's it's become pretty apparent that the NFL has a type, and it's speed. It's, to some extent, how they look running certain routes. Now, do I think that's necessarily the most important thing? Maybe not, but... Yeah, he's not your. They definitely uh, put a premium on like forty times. Sorry, but they do. Yeah, I'm really excited. I'm really excited for uh, RA analytics to get bigger and do more of analytical speed stuff. Where what is their on-field speed? How quick do they get into a break and out of a break? I I think that'll be really cool once that hits. They're cool because they even do like off, kind of off the wall studies, I guess, where they're even trying to categorize players' interviews yeah. and their responses they got, to determine, okay, what type of personality traits would create a, I don't know, alpha wide receiver. They might have got that shut down because they got a lot of backlash on that stuff. <laughs> they shouldn't, though, because college universities literally do that every day. So. Anyways, I didn't put him on the list here. One more, and it didn't. It didn't make it to our. I think Bill, you mentioned you wanted to talk to talk about him, but uh, it didn't make it to the list for the show here. But uh, Kyler Murray. I mean, I kind of I took him first. Um, I saw him as a key piece to my uh, my NFL side moving forward. But man, he's uh, he's an interesting study right now. Who knows what's going on there? I've got him on my dynasty team in my other league, and yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's not great when already there's no precedent for you, for like someone of your size to be good in the NFL. And then you start having these kind of inner organization turmoil incidents. I don't even know. I still think it's stupid to like just take down pictures off Instagram and everybody's up in arms, whatever. But at the same time, he clearly wants to get paid. The organization's not clearly willing <coughs> right now what he wants so it, it's kind of just an interesting situation to watch I think it was just kind of bad timing like 
every game's a job interview, and you end on the game you did with the Rams. Yep. Like, yeah, I totally want to give you lots and lots of money because you did that. Like, granted, it's hard to find a quarterback in the NFL, and you guys were the worst team in football, whatever, four, three years ago, four years ago. Like, I feel like that's hard, and sometimes you just need to, to lock up a quarterback. It was a giant roller coaster last year. I mean, he what week five? He was like a MVP candidate. I mean, he just he came out of the gates and just he was tearing it up. But man, at the end, it was just crash and burn last year. This is a personal opinion that I can't back up in any way. I just feel like he has to always leave the pocket to complete like routine on time throws because of his height. He's not. He didn't get hit more than a lot of guys last year. But at the same time, you look at his passer rating in the pocket, it's not great. I'm, so what happens, what happens when he's not able to scramble like that when he's 32 years old? Yep. It's kind of where I'm at. I got something that I'll bring up, I think, when we get to one of other uh, Ian's players that I want to talk through. But... um. Are there any guys that you're kind of targeting um, in the league? Yeah, this is yeah, this is one. Yeah, you know, I just I've been so uh, all the time I've been putting in is, is for the supplemental draft coming up. So I haven't even uh, I don't have any anyone specific that I'm targeting on the NFL side for from anyone's rosters. But again. I'm willing to listen to just about anything. So if you're looking at one of my players and and you uh you come to me, I'll, I'll listen. So. All right. Well, you did win. You did win the league, so you should be in an okay spot to start the year. Yeah. And then uh, I think since you put that out there, be ready for Nate to give you about 15 yeah. offers in a couple minutes. As soon as it came out of my mouth, yeah, I was already looking at my phone to see if any <laughs> offers came through. So, so you mentioned you've been kind of spending time looking at supplemental guys. Are there any guys that you kind of have your your eye on? Yeah, so I mean, you, uh, some of them that you guys have have hit on um, in the past were definitely on my list. So I, I tried to add. I think my second one is actually a repeat, but the first one here, um, Terrence Gibbs, running back, Georgia Southern. Um, yeah, I think I think this guy would have been up there at the top of everyone's list if he didn't have uh, a pretty bad ACL injury. Um, I think he's pretty talented, obviously a smaller school, but I think he's going to find his way onto the field there pretty quick. Um, it's just a matter of how, how quickly he can come back. It was funny because I was just talking to a member of our league about this this player um, that they should keep their eye on, so it was funny that you you wanted to bring him up. So. So I, I have a feeling this was a, a guy that people were keeping their lips shut on, but I'm all about, uh, you know, get the names out there for everyone and make this league competitive. So. Yep. If you want the real deal, Gibbs, we can work something out for Anthony Richardson. <laughs> the real deal, Gibbs. <laughs> you said you did say that your running back room could use some help. Good. Good. Uh, maybe we're on to yeah. something. What's that? Maybe we're on to something. All right, right now yeah. we got on the on right now on the table we've got Anthony Richardson 
and Jameer Gibbs. They're on the table. We would need some discussion about yeah. it. Yeah, for sure. Um, my second guy, I can't forget who brought him. I might have been you, Bell Bell, but um, Chris Bell, wide receiver, Louisville. I think it's a good landing spot. Um, I think they need some receivers. Of course, they got Cunningham coming back at uh, quarterback, so it's not like they're running a, a new face out there. Um, if they just think it's a good spot for him. Absolutely. I think, I mean, now that we're pumping him up two shows in a row, we might as well go all the way there. He absolutely cooked Travis Hunter in high school. He went off for like 150 yards on the guy in, in man coverage. So, obviously Travis Hunter is a smaller cornerback, and Chris Bell is a giant, but it, it's pretty intriguing that he would be able to put up those kind of stats against the number one player in the country. He's going to go in the second round now. <laughs> I just wanted to try to hit on some names that maybe people weren't paying attention to. Obviously, a lot yeah. of them, everyone knows the top names that everyone's pumping pumping up, but... Yeah. yeah, these two, I think, are are guys that need to be thought about. Um, not on the show sheet, but uh, Belleville, do you have any any names that you want to bring up? Hmm. I'm starting to forget like who all we've talked about. I, to yeah, me, t- me too. That's I'll, what I I'll did give, too. I... <laughs> I'll give like one of the players that I just enjoy watching the most, I guess, when I go onto their huddle tape, and it's Travis Hine. Is it Travis Hyman? Joseph Hyman. So he was like a super producer in high school. Um, If you go and look at his stats, I believe he was in the top 500 for high school um, in both rushing and receiving. He is smaller, but he's going to, I believe, Northwestern. And he, you know, if you want another Deuce Vaughn or something like that, he might be some, someone to look at. I do not know how honestly fast he is, but he went to that he went to that school that had they don't ever punt the ball and they always go for two. Oh, okay. His name is Joseph Hyman, so you can kind of look it up. But there's like whole seasons uh, on YouTube of this, you know, like a documentary about that team. So I don't know how inflated the stats are because of. Kind of the unique thing was it was it the team that also always onside kicks? Yes. Okay. Yeah. That that coach. So, I talked with uh, Walker White, um, and he was talking about that team because they're in his conference. He said it was so frustrating because they they recovered like two onside kicks, and there's some mathematical thing that if you recovered two onside kicks in a football game, your odds of winning are like 80-some percent or just something ridiculous. Um, Yeah. But, yeah, that guy, an offensive coordinator, then became the head coach, and the head coach got a college job. And his very first game, and, again, I don't remember what college he went to, but they put up 84 points (laughs) um, in his first college game. But, like, he – he had a losing record or something as a, but it was just like the off is this system that like is just a really good system. Yeah, because the first the first reason I got turned on to him is I'm like, why is this guy showing up in the top 500 in the nation for receiving and rushing? Like, who is this guy? And so then I look into it, and there's 
hours and hours of like documentaries that he's involved in and it's all super entertaining apparently that coach is also like good friends with Bill Belichick he should probably teach Bill Belichick that he needs an offensive coordinator I don't know Judge Joe Judge Matt Patricia again don't see how that could go wrong Um, couple guys that I just want to highlight because uh, I think they're good talking points and good guys to bring up. At Perry, Wake Forest. Um, he was Sam Hartman's go-to guy. I am trying to remember they had another wide receiver who went out last year, so I think At Perry's numbers got slightly inflated. Um, so maybe not look for him to replicate the kind of year he had last year, but I think he's a guy who gets a senior bowl invite and, you know, can yeah, be a day three. Just due to his size, I think he gets drafted. Uh, and then uh, Cedric Tillman being another guy, again, kind of the same. I think he's going to be the go-to guy at Tennessee because um, him and him and Hooker seem to, to – really sync up there towards the end of the year and again I think he's going to go to the Senior Bowl, I think he's going to do well at the Senior Bowl um, and again could be one of those late climbers uh, in the draft but again a guy that I think gets drafted so if you weren't, if you're listening to this and you weren't already on those guys I think those are guys to dig into a little bit so Let's talk about a couple guys on your team, Ian. Let's do it. Jacob, I'll let you go. There's there's a certain wide receiver and a certain quarterback you want to talk to Ian about. Yeah. yeah they're both interesting for their own reasons, but obviously Xavier Worthy is one that I want to talk about just because he absolutely smashed as a freshman. Um, I was just wondering, obviously you want your freshman to produce, but what are your thoughts going into, like, the next two years into the NFL. Yeah, he's it, obviously he had a really solid freshman year, um, but I think a lot of that had to deal with. Believe it or not, Texas didn't have didn't have the dudes in their wide receiver room, even though they probably had four and five star guys in the room. But um, yeah, I think he was just too talented to keep off the field. But I think going into this year. Um, Obviously, another guy that has been hit it on here in some of the recent podcasts, but Nayer. I mean, I yeah. think he's going he's gonna to take some targets away, obviously. Um, and then uh, IG or Augie Hall, however you say his name. Um, if he ever sees the field, obviously that's another uh, talented wide receiver in that room. And then uh, Whittington, he was on the team last year. But they have, they have some depth now, so I think that is going to take away a little bit of Worthy's production. Um, so – you know, hopefully he keeps progressing, but uh, is he uh, is he going to skyrocket in production? I would I would say no. But. Yeah, there's a ton of competition there now. Like I, I truly don't know how snaps are completely going to work out in that wide receiver room. Iggy Hall just gets all of them, I think. <laughs> they just put what's one crazy? wide receiver out there. What, what's really crazy? just as likely as he gets none as if he gets all of them. Who knows? Complete wild card. Yeah, and then the, the quarterback, too. I mean, obviously, he's, he's highly touted, and 
pretty talented, but he hasn't thrown a college pass yet. So, well, don't quote me on that. He hasn't, right? No, I don't think so. So, so, yeah, I mean, he's touted, and obviously he's already a millionaire with his NIL deal and everything. But, yeah, I mean, let's see what this kid can do too. Yep. And then going into the NFL, I guess my concern with a guy like Worthy is just the size. It's really it's really rare to be that small and to hit. I think his BMI is in the 21s right now. And even in this freshman draft, I, I only counted, I think, five or six guys playing wide receiver that would hit 21 as their BMI going into you know their first year of college. So you really – it's kind of a – I don't know. There's a push-pull there, right? Because you want them to be six foot, six foot one. But at the same time, not to not have that mass, it just becomes really a detriment when teams are going to play you like in press coverage, where they can basically just run you to the sideline. And so that's kind of that's kind of my I guess take on him. Yeah, no, it's definitely a concern. Obviously, you'd like to you would have liked to see him put on a little bit more weight uh, from going into this year. And that's that's something else that you know you're in. You were in a Texas weight room, nutrition. Like, I know some people have, you know, some people have a hard time gaining weight. Some people have a hard time losing weight. Like, some people are just, you know, built that way. But, like, you would have thought after a a year of in that program, he would be bigger. It's kind of like a Devonta Smith situation a little bit where he just never got bigger. He is a good receiver. But you have to have those question marks in the NFL. As an Eagles fan, I'm I was really happy with his rookie season. I did not expect him to do all that. But at the same time, there were plays where he was getting played in press man and they literally just ran him out of bounds within that five yard zone where you can have contact. And so does that limit his upside if he's not able to put on weight, significant weight, you know, before he he goes to the NFL draft? Yeah, 100% valid concern, but obviously, yeah, he's he's definitely a playmaker. Um, oh, yeah. No, no doubt electric. about that. So. Yeah, there's, like, I think back to the um, game against Oklahoma and first offensive series that they had the ball, I think. It was a screen to him, and he just ran it in for a touchdown. Like, yeah, dude, dude is electric. Um, and then Anthony Richardson. So I know you mentioned you're going to probably just cut him, just put him out on waivers, but let's, let's talk about, let's talk about him a little bit. What, what do you think needs to happen for him in 2022 to move into the top tier of NFL prospects? People think it's going to be CJ Stroud, Bryce Young at the top. Personally, I think it's going to go CJ Stroud, then Bryce Young, because I think Bryce Young's height is going to be the talk of the the exhausting talk of the the draft stuff. It's going to be like Kenny Pickett's hand size type thing. It's just I actually think it's going to be his weight. You think so? Yeah, just because we've had you have Kyler Murray who's entered the league and he is you know shorter and has had success. So I I think teams are viewing height a little bit differently now. I think the weight thing. Kyler Murray was you know two ten. He's a little tree trunk, but. So I, I think the weight might 
get people to, I don't know, waver a little bit or maybe have him not as high as he should be. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, 100%. You know, if you take a look at any of the, the mock drafts, you know, it's obviously really, really early. But if you look at any of the, you know, mock drafts for next year, the top five quarterbacks are uh, the, the one, two are exactly how you just put it, you know, Stroud and Young. But then three, four, five, it's kind of a mixed bag based on who uh, who the so-called expert is that's putting the mock draft together. I mean, you see names like um, Will Levis, Levis, however you say it. Uh, he's getting some love early. Uh, um, you get, uh, obviously, Anthony Richardson, the guy we're going to talk about. Um, and uh, who else? Kyle, Kyle Van Dyke. Or Ty, is it Tyler Ty- or Kyle? I forget. The, the Ty- Miami. Tyler. And there's, I'm probably missing a, a guy or two, but it's it's usually those those five, six, seven names. But you know what needs to happen for him to cement himself up there with some of those other guys. Obviously, this guy has all the natural ability in the world. He's got the size uh, that you want to see uh, your NFL quarterback of today have. Um, obviously, he's a he's a very gifted athlete. He just needs to stay on the field and uh, stay out of trouble. Um, and Obviously, uh, I think very early on the scene last year where he made it on the field, he made some electric plays. I mean, that's where he took the college world by storm a little bit. But then uh, the, the more and more snaps he got, he started turning the ball over and uh, kind of made some poor decisions. So just he's got to limit the turnovers and prove that um, he's the playmaker he is and actually put up some numbers. That's what he's got to do in 22. Yeah. And I don't, I don't see like, I don't foresee a world where he overtakes Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, I guess, this year, because I don't think Florida's roster is good enough for him to put up that Auburn, Cam Newton, you know, type season and win a national championship and then get drafted. But at the same time, you mentioned Will Levis and you mentioned Anthony Richardson. In terms of just gifted athletes, those are the two best athletes that are going to be at the quarterback position for a team to draft. So if they can cement themselves as actually being good at playing quarterback, you know, they're, you're talking about the third pick in the first round. It's kind of a crapshoot anyways. You just want to go in the first round. And I think both those guys definitely have a shot as long as they have a productive and good, you know, season coming up. I agree with you. I think it's going to be pretty tough for him to overtake the top two. Um, I mean, I think that's where you were at in Luke. But, yeah, I mean, the – for him to get in the conversation of number one or two pick. It, I agree with Jacob. Uh, Florida just doesn't have the roster. Um, I don't think they have the the horses for that kind of season for uh, Richard and Richardson to just put up godly numbers. That's the other so that's, thing. Is, is I also think Richardson doesn't need that great of a roster to put up great numbers and go, you know, pick three. Is that so bad? No. I, I truly view him as a Tim Tebow type in college, Cam Newton type, where he's going to probably be more – he's going to probably hurt you more with his legs than he is his arm. He's a big dude, so I guess I guess probably more so Cam Newton than, than the Tim Tebow, but he's got that 15 that he wears, so, like, you know, you're going to get shades, shades of it. I think – Tim, Tim Tebow would be a really good comp for him if Tim Tebow could ever have thrown the ball like he does. That's that's he's my. Got, he's got that big cannon, and Tim Tebow's got this loopy. I don't even know. 
do you think you can teach accuracy? Like, I th- I feel like, like yes. if you got an arm, you think okay, because like last year I don't remember how many games he actually like played in, but he threw for less than a hundred yards on on average in those games. He did most of his most of his um, damage on the ground, which is great for fantasy, um, but. When you when you get to the NFL, like there's an NFL talk and then there's a fantasy talk. Like you kind of yeah. touched on it a little bit of like, hey, when that rushing goes away, like how are they as a quarterback? Like what happens to Josh Allen when he doesn't run anymore? What happens to Kyler Murray when he doesn't run anymore? What happens to Lamar Jackson when he doesn't run anymore? Like Lamar's actually a pretty good passer, so is Josh Allen. So they could they can figure it out probably for a while. But I look at Jalen Hurts, he might be redraft leagues, he might be a top worth a top five like quarterback pick. Because he's going to score you points. But how long? But for how long and what's the longevity of that? I have no idea. So I wanna so then I wanna kinda get into the fantasy points. So this is what I kinda put together. Uh, and I just want I just wanna hear from you guys. Um, we'll go. E, uh, we'll go Jacob first, and then Ian. I've got a list of the guys who finished. We're a super flex league, so you like to be um, twenty guys. And I want I want to ask if you think if he comes out next year, do you think he will be a better fantasy quarterback than these guys? And I I have these ranked one through twenty based on their fantasy points per game. So this is for Anthony Richardson, right? For Anthony Richardson. With first round draft capital, he's going to start. Okay. So jo- like, like, keep it like Yep, he's like we're all on the same page. Yep, he's first round, he's gonna start, you know Kenny Pickett like. So is he better than Josh Allen? No. Ian? No. No. Tom Brady last year scored 20... I found this interesting. Josh Allen scored 27.9 points per game. Brady was 27.1. Is he better than Tom Brady? If Brady's still in the league next year, assuming. Jacob, and then Ian. No. No. No, who knows how long Brady's going to play. But, yeah, if he keeps having seasons like that, no. Justin Herbert. Yes. I'd say no on that one. I like Herbert. I think it's just hard to put – he's in a pretty good situation. Again, so yeah, it's, again, it's hard. Again, long term, probably not. Uh, Patrick Mahomes. Aaron Rodgers. Yes. <laughs> uh, no. Kyler Murray. Yes. That's where I would say yes to. So, Dak Prescott. 
Yes. Yep. So that, <clears throat> so so we got to a consensus of like, hey, you're better than these guys. Kyler Murray was six in our league, scoring twenty four point nine points, and Dak was seventh in our league, scoring twenty four point seven. So, you know, assuming he goes to a, a decent situation, even just if he has a like, all you really need is a shitty defense, so you can go out there and put points up. Losing, put points up, kind of goes hand in hand. So, you know, defense and have some weapons. Yeah, like if he were, if he went that rushing upside and then getting even goal line carries and stuff like that. Think if he went to Atlanta next year. Right, it just matters for fantasy. Yep, I'm not saying that he is a better quarterback than Aaron Rodgers. That's not true. Right, but yeah, so that's that's kind of where, and I just you know. For it was just really interesting when I went through the list. I'll I'll go through the rest of the list and just I kind of looked at it from what you kind of mentioned earlier, Jacob, with staying in the pocket versus being mobile. So after Dak is Stafford, then Burrow, and then Hurts. So that's the top ten. So. Mobile quarterbacks, I think you got Allen. I don't think Justin Herbert is really, like, a mobile quarterback. He he is more of a pocket passer and well, runs when I yeah, need he's, to. He's mobile to move around in the pocket. Yeah. Um, Dak, I th- ever since he got his foot injury, like, he's not the same. Uh, Mahomes, I think, is kind of the same thing where he's a pocket passer and more so just runs around behind the line of scrimmage to throw the ball up. Aaron Rodgers, again, just mobility for the pocket. Kyler Murray is a rushing quarterback, so we've got Allen and Murray. Would you guys agree with that? Yeah. And then it's Stafford, Burrow, Hurts. So there's three of our top ten guys um, who you kind of think more of as a rushing quarterback which is something like oh you always want that you know konami code running or quarterback but does it really matter like hey for devy purposes i want to find a quarterback who has that nfl size and can win in the pocket if they run the ball awesome because that can help me out for the first few years but hey maybe i can just find those pocket passers that can help me stay in the league and you know no one's going to be the next Tom Brady for how long they stay in the league but maybe that's what people need to look at I don't know but after that it's Kirk Cousins, Lamar Jackson um, Russell Wilson, Jameis Winston Nick Foles in his one game, Trevor Simeon Carson Wentz, Ryan Tannehill Derek Carr, Jimmy G Teddy Bridgewater those are the top 21 and it's just like, wow, like none of those guys are really running quarterbacks. I mean, there is definitely a tear break off, but it kind of recentered myself about what I think about quarterbacks. Yeah, I mean, for the, for if our you're going to look for a quarterback that you can just have on your roster for 15 years, you're probably not going Konami code, I guess, but... The upside is just, we're talking MVP seasons and stuff like that. Obviously, 
their Tom Brady exists, Aaron Rodgers exists, where they're going to get there. But I mean, Lamar already has an MVP. So you know. Yep. So sometimes those Kona, those guys who are able to run like that, sometimes they just break fantasy football for a season. And I like targeting those types of players. So that kind of touch. Do is there anything else else that I missed about anything on here? Or do you want to get to a, a top twenty guys? And Ian, I'll ha- I'll have you you lead it off. This was this was your idea. Um, if you want to kind of talk to the group about your idea and and kind of what we're going to do here. Yeah. So. Um... For those of you that follow Luke on uh, Twitter and whatnot, you've probably heard him talk about Campus to Canton, and I've kind of started to dabble around in that, and I think a couple of the other guys in the league do the same. I think they put out a lot of good content, and um, so what my idea here was, you know, how can we make the the league more competitive, uh, get as many names out there to everyone? Um, so what I did is um, – Campus to Canton, they have updated rankings, and they update them very frequently. So what I, what I did here is I put together a top 20 list and geared it towards our um, league specifically and put together a top 20 based on um, Campus to Canton's ADP um, of guys that are going to be available in our upcoming supplemental draft in July. So what we have here is a list of 20 guys. We'll run down it. Um I imagine uh, each of us won't have comments on all of them, but um, for the sake of time or however long we want to stay on here, guys, but <laughs> let's just let's just roll through this list. So again, this is the top twenty guys um, per the experts at Campus to Canton, and based on their ADP geared towards um, campus or Canton or Campus to Canton league specifically and our league specifically so this takes out any players that are on rosters um and filters in any of the upcoming freshmen and anyone that's in the pool of available players so i guess we'll start off at the top um quinn ewers number one uh i think he's what he's a redshirt freshman since uh he sat out last year at ohio state and is at texas this year He's the only, I think the only, or one of very, very few to have a score of one on 24-7. He's the second quarterback. Second quarterback. Because um, I think Trevor Lawrence wasn't even a one. No, it was uh, the GOAT, Vince Young. Vince Young. Oh, man. But I think uh, – I mean, Quinn's going to probably be my number one pick, assuming I keep all my first-round picks. Um, the upside in that offense, um, Steve Sarkeesian, he's just always had – Even I think he coached at Washington State or Washington or somewhere up there, and like he even had just like no-name quarterbacks have good college fantasy seasons, so – I think just a college system-wise, I think he will do well. Now, if that translates to the NFL or not, we shall see. I'm a little... The one hesitancy that I have is, like, I was big on DJU last year, and that didn't really look well. 
Uh, Spencer Rattler, that didn't age well. Like, quarterbacks are hard position to figure out, and do I want to spend one of my first-round picks on it? So and you got and you got the Texas curse. Like, is Texas back? Like, that's always the question, right? I mean, are they are they going to be a legit team? I, I they're going to get stumped. That defense is not going to be legit. It's going to be <laughs> that Alabama game is going to be something. Uh, yeah. Just a few, just a few of the notes, Belva, and then I'll let you chime in if you want on Quinn. But yeah, just a few of the things I've seen. You know. Uh, yeah, obviously he's pretty talented. I think he's got all the tools, but I think he's a little bit known to be a little bit of a gunslinger. Uh, can make all the throws, but might might force some. Um, not an elite runner, but can use his legs, just like some of the quarterbacks we talked about in the NFL there. And then it's pretty widely um, considered that he's projected to be a, a you know a top pick come twenty twenty four. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to like there. I don't know. Part of my strategy after last year is like I got Will Levis off the off the waiver wire and it proved to be pretty valuable, you know, both in the trade that I made with Nate and in the fact that he contributed to my roster on the college side, looking like he has a good shot to, you know, maybe squeak into that first round. I'm kind of enjoying finding those guys. And so I'm I'm more okay with punting quarterback in the draft. And Ian did something very similar last year, picking up... If I got Anthony Richardson and Will Levis, I would be just in business right now. I'd be talking so much shit on the league chat. (laughs) Ian, how did you get get put on to Anthony Richardson? Because I don't think he was... At that point, I don't think his name was very big in the space, really on Twitter or anything. No, he had made like two plays. Yeah, just watching those first few weeks where he just tore it up. I mean, um, yeah, I circled his name and I didn't forget it. Those games were like one pass for 76 yards in the touchdown and two carries for 150 yards. Yep. It's like, oh, there's something going on over here. Well, I'll, I think I'll I'll touch a, a little bit bit on Richardson again later when we get to another guy on here. Okay, you guys ready to move on? Number two. Yep. All right, number two, Nicholas Singleton, running back, heading to Penn State. He's a freshman. Will be draft eligible in twenty five. I'll let Jacob talk about him. Jacob really likes him. He's my number two back. Jacob's number one in his heart. Personally, he's my 101 period for the freshman class. I wouldn't wouldn't take any quarterback over him. He's coming into college at 215. Looks like he can still fill out more, like in his frame. He is by far the fastest back in this class, and he's going to Penn State. They're going to run the rock. I, I I don't see any way that he's not at least a Day one or day two pick for the NFL draft. In his call, in his high school film, there wasn't a lot of him catching, like none. The ball, do you, like, it's a lazy comparison because he went to Penn State. Like, how close of Saquon Barkley do you see in him? Well, if if he can catch it. Yeah, I mean, 
like physically from like the speed perspective, sure. The problem is Saquon Barkley came out of high school at 190. He didn't come out at 215. I don't I don't think you really saw Saquon Barkley coming like you do Nicholas Singleton. I think Nicholas Singleton is much more in line with like Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, it's kind of, I think he's coming into a pretty good situation there too. I think he's he's projected starter, I believe, right? Um, and yeah, yeah, I think you hit on it too. Uh, Bill Bell, he's touted to be the the best back in this class by many. So yeah, I th- I don't know if he's actually the starter. I think they have an incumbent in there. And um, what's good luck to that guy? What's his name? Uh, their their head coach just kind of seems to give it to guys who have been there. So like yeah. I th- I think what's gonna end up happening is kind of like a Travion Henderson type thing where like Travion Henderson had that like one play and there wasn't putting any toothpaste back in the bottle. It was like, well, fuck, like yeah. we got we can't not use this guy anymore. I think I think it's gonna be something similar to that. And in terms of like lack of receiving in high school, if they have a lot of like receiving on their kind of stats or profile that's awesome it's a good to have the reality is high school offenses differ so much you cannot you can't look at a single stat and be like oh he didn't catch the ball so he's incapable of doing that yeah i just gotta know like oh he went to ankeny they just run the ball all the time right so um then here uh number three i He's my running back one. Uh, Jadon Blue, freshman, going to Texas, going to be behind uh, Mr. Lambeau himself, Bijan Robinson. So I'm kind of hoping to see him flash a little bit at the end of the season because I don't think Texas is going to make it to a national championship. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. If I'm Bijan, I'm not playing in a bowl game. I might even shut it down later in the season, depending on how things are going. Cause like last year was in the last game hurt his elbow or whatnot. Like if I'm Bijan, I'm, I'm being real smart. So I'm hoping to kind of see what Jadon blue has to offer it towards the end of the season. Um, I, I, he's the thing I really like about him is he really seems to have patience. Like, you, like I know you kind of want to press that line of scrimmage, but like he he's very smooth with how he he moves and he strides. He like he doesn't look like he ever hit max speed in any of his tapes and I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing of just like I don't know if he needed to type thing like I don't know but I'm kind of I'm I'm excited to, to see him because he he can catch the ball he can do all those things there's one you know the NFL OTAs worth of it on the college side where he caught a ball in some dirt field and he <laughs> he just juke move and I was like alright I'm, I'm ready give me some Jade on Blue it doesn't take much for incoming freshmen to get people excited <laughs> No, I mean, to be honest no it doesn't yeah, 
I think we're ready for number four. So uh, everyone's seen the pictures, but <laughs> Mr. Branson Robinson, running back, heading to, to Georgia, draft eligible 25. Again, this guy's a, a specimen. Um, what do you guys got? Can you imagine getting done with geometry in eighth period and having to like, all right, now I'm going to go tackle this guy. Like, fuck. Like, <laughs> like I, don't, I don't know. It would just be... He'd be the first guy on away games. Like, if I'm... If I'm on his team, I'm having him be the first guy off the bus. Like, don't let, don't see anybody else. Like, watch him. I'd probably be like, he plays guard, right? Like, he's not the running back we're trying to run down, is he? <laughs> just, just a huge, huge guy. And yeah, he's going to Georgia. So, two things are going to happen. Um, he's going to have a knee injury, and he's going to get drafted in the NFL. Like. Like, those are the things that Georgia running backs get. I hope nobody gets hurt, but, you know, joking, joking, of course. But it, it was he, – he's got an – I don't think he's on here. Um, Jud, is it Judkins? Is that who went there? No. Uh, uh, Andrew Paul. Andrew Paul. They're so, pretty – So that's, that's kind of my issue with, all, with him and even Andrew Paul, who I like. Like, I really like the player, but they're going to Georgia – They've already got Kendall Milton there, who's 6'1", 220. He's probably going to get most most of the run. Then they're going to rotate in Branson, Andrew Paul. I don't know what's going to go on there. They're all very similar backs. I'm I'm being told uh, this this year, like Robinson's not going to get much run, and it's going to yep. be the Kendall Milton show. Like usually they they run through a lot of their backs where they kind of have specialty guys. But it sounds like Milton's gonna get two hundred plus carries and and be the workhorse, which I think he I think he should. I think I would have preferred Kendall Milton coming out of high school than even Branson Robinson, just because Branson Robinson very much feels like he's not gonna put like what what's he gonna do to improve and become better? He's already like maxed out in terms of like his. <laughs> His muscle mass and frame and all that. Like, how are you going to get... I don't know. It's just if he can catch the ball, that's about it. And if he can learn pass protections and instead of being just a big body that gets in the way. It's about what he'll learn this year. I, I mean, I definitely like him. I just don't... I can't expect a ton of college production from either him or Andrew Paul. or Like, I don't know how that situation's all going to work out in the future. Yep. Like who's gonna get the run after Kendall Milton? Leaves? I think I think it's gonna be him. I think he's gonna be the guy. So if you know, I think he should be drafted in the first round. But also, depending on your team makeup, like you have to be willing to let him sit. Yeah. For a year. Yeah, and, I, don't that. As, I don't see him as like a huge big play guy like Nicholas Singleton taking seventy yards to the house. Um, and number. Number five on here is Drew Aller, true fre- or freshman at Penn State, draft eligible in 2025. I his spring game looked real bad, um, but he's a freshman, so what do you kind of expect? Um, Sean Clifford's going to start. 
I think where you get into, I don't know if we see Drew Aller or not this year. I think we do because I don't think Penn State does really well. And towards the end of the season, do you just get the fans ready for next year and put Drew Aller in? Like, hey, do we leave Clifford in and, you know, let him finish out his career type thing or get the fan base excited? So I think we could see him, you know, towards the end of the year. Um, but my my little stat here is, again, risk. In the first round, you kind of want to look at that risk. He's, he's ADP of number five, so he's going in that first round. But five-star QBs have a 29% chance of being drafted in the first round, while four-stars have a 6% chance. So Drew Aller is a five-star quarterback. Probably one of the better quarterbacks that they've had in a while. And, like, you think of the Texases, the Alabamas, the Ohio States, you have a quarterback. If you have the right quarterback, that's great. Now, if they bring in a better quarterback and they overtake him, is it is it all that great? I don't think anybody's going into Penn State and overtaking Drew Aller because I just don't think top recruits want to go to Penn State. Like for a quarterback position, so I think, so I so I think, Drew Aller is like they're good at getting wide receivers in. Jahan Dotson, like you, you have these guys that do well. Like KJ Hamler's in the league. He was, I think, drafted day two. Like they do, Allen Robinson. They do a good job of getting wide receivers to the league. So I, I think this is a good move for him. And again, I think he might be a safe pick again. Don't expect anything from him this year, and if you happen to get something, then great. But that's that's my big thing. Five stars give you a, almost a thirty percent chance of getting drafted in the first round versus six percent. So, yep. it's you a good. You mentioned, uh, do you think accuracy can be taught? I saw some videos of Drew Aller and like him working with a trainer and just looking at his mechanics, and like that's a lot. Of, I started looking into that a little bit, and I do think it can be taught. Gotcha. A lot of it is just mechanics. Yep. Like, don't don't flail about, I guess. I don't know. As long as you have a repetitive motion and you can repeat, you know. Things. Yeah, in, during game time, too. Yep. Like, it has to be learned. Yep. That's all. So, yeah, just like with a lot of these freshmen, yeah, you're taking them, and they're going to – most of these guys are going to sit. So, yeah, you got to have you gotta have the right – the right team for it. I mean, obviously you're not going to pass on this talent, but to expect some of these guys that are at the top of this ADP list to produce for you next year, that's not going to happen most likely. So that's that's the theme no. we're getting here. We might have to do a top ten. Just warning you guys. <laughs> that's that's fine. Whatever, whenever you guys stop. <laughs> next is Devin Brown, another QB, true freshman, Ohio State, draft eligible, 25. He's at Ohio State. You want every Ohio State quarterback? You just hope that they are the one that gets picked or wins the job, and then, yeah, I don't know. Currently he's the number three on the depth chart. I'm excited for next year. Like, it's going to be Kyle McCord and Devin Brown going at it. So 
Either, might, either. What, what happens if they both get replaced by that one kid? Yep, uh, Rayola. So yeah, that guy looks like otherworldly. When I, I, I can't. I'm not very good at evaluating quarterbacks, but he legitimately looks like Patrick Mahomes on his huddle date. He threw it like he's a sophomore currently, right? Or he's gonna. Yeah. So like it was his freshman tape. And he threw it like fifty-five yards, back like a perfect dime into the end zone, like his very first uh, highlight. Like, like he's got all these highlights of like scrambling around. His feet aren't set, and he's just chucking it on a rope for like forty yards. So, again, big. He's a four-star. So again, ADP you got a five-star, then a four-star. If he hits, like he's at least gonna be a quarterback f- for Ohio State, so he'll give you some fantasy production at least. That's the other part I love about Campus to Canton. Like players are valuable, at least on your college level. Like even if they don't turn out to be anything in the NFL, at least you got some use out of them. Well, it's fun with the new transfer rules. You don't have to stay at a school where you're gonna not start. Yep. And then Ian, if you want to talk about, I thought it was interesting the little nugget you put in here about the high school that he went to and, and some other guys that went there. Yeah, so Corner Canyon out of Utah High School, same high school as uh, Zach Wilson and Jackson Dart. And um, this guy set pretty much all the records. So just a little fun nugget. So Just a bunch of gunslingers out there. <laughs> we'll try to go a little bit quicker through, through these, see how far we can get. Appreciate it. Yeah. Go ahead, Luke. Uh, number yeah. seven, Luther uh, Luther Burden, wide receiver, going to Missouri. Jacob, you want to talk a bit about him? I know you love him. Yeah, I mean he's got uh, he's got good NFL size, so like he's already NFL sized currently. He could be bigger, I guess. Like if you want to look at just points per game by size in the NFL, he's. He's very athletic. He's going to Missouri, which is his kind of home college, I would say, because he's from St. Louis. Um, but he's actually probably the first one where you can see them producing for three straight, three four straight years on your college roster. That would be a freshman that we could go and get. And and he in their in their spring ball game, like they were just trying to get him the ball any way they could, screens, whatever. I think he had like seven catches for a hundred and. I don't know, 70-some yeah, I mean, yards. Like, he, he crushed it. I don't see who, who he's really going to be competing with to be the number one option in that offense. I, I like it. Finally, finally a, a highly touted guy that doesn't want to go to one of these schools like Georgia and Alabama. He wants to go be the guy at, at a school that, you know, is not known for great football, but he's going to get his touches and he's going to get his, his uh, chance to shine. The other thing I'm interesting is sneaky thing about his NFL upside is that he's still playing in the SEC. Yep, which is definitely a benefit. Yep. So he's going to go up against great corners. I'm I'm just kind of curious. Missouri tends to run the ball a lot, so do they tailor their offense to him, or is the coach stubborn and just like my system works? We're going to run the ball. That's why coaches suck. <laughs> So we could tell him the co- hey, 
your system hey, doesn't maybe, work. Maybe your system should feature your best players. Yeah. How about that, coach guy? <laughs> no, number eight, Tyler Van Dyke. Ian, you kind of touched on him here a little bit earlier. He's a sophomore at the University of Miami. Yeah, so, I mean, I think the question here is who the heck is he throwing to? It's, uh, Miami's kind of a mess, I, I think. Um, Julio Skinner. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> out wide yeah. as a wide receiver. Yeah, the tight end. Yeah, I just I can't even name any of the wide receivers off the top of my head for Miami. But, I'm, yeah, tight end room is pretty talented. I'm really nervous for this year for him. Like, he showed out in the, in the back half of last year, but then they just brought in a new head coach. You had, I think it was their offensive coordinator at Michigan. You had the whole deal with Harbaugh going to Minnesota, and then the writing was on the wall that, hey, I'm not going to be the head coach of Michigan. Well, then why am I here? Now he goes, gets the head coach. Maybe he's just the offensive coordinator. I can't remember if, maybe he's just the offensive coordinator because Cristobal from Oregon went to Miami maybe. So I think he's the offensive yeah. coordinator. So you have the o- former offensive coordinator of Michigan going to the University of Miami. I don't know how I feel about that. Not good. So. Yeah, I don't have a real strong opinion one way or the other. I think he's pretty talented like from what I see. But is he going to get the production where he's going to be on the NFL radars? What gets a quarterback on the NFL radars? I couldn't answer that question either. Yeah, I didn't know I was thinking Alabama. I mean, it's almost like quarterback is the biggest helmet scout in the world. Yeah, I think you're right. (laughs) Hold on here. Do you guys hear lagging? I'm trying to. give this a whirl. I want to make sure. At least I have some good auto quality. Alright. You're running out of battery. We keep doing these two hour podcasts at 8.35 at I'm going to try to go to a different room. but I'll let you guys keep going. To keep it, to keep it moving. Cause yeah, I know, but you want to you end it here pretty quick. And come on, I'll do that too. Um, so, uh, number nine, you know, we were talking Miami. Uh, Trevante Citizen running back heading there true freshman draft eligible 20 25 pretty good sized kid um yeah and he definitely played all over the field in high school i think he played primarily at linebacker but i know he had snaps at safety played special teams was a running back my only at one point he was my rb2 for this class I, I did kind of bump him down a little bit just because he has so many less touches at that position than all these other guys that we could be looking at, you know, in that first, first, second round type range. So, and there's always the possibility that he goes to a school and then transitions back to linebacker or even a big safety. Like that might be pretty awesome actually for his future NFL potential. Um, Ian, you got much there? Uh, no, I think the only other thing I had was just looking, if I was looking at it right, he, 
he may have a challenge to see the field. Uh, going along with what Jacob said, not a lot of touches, but I think the Miami running back room is actually fairly deep. So um, that was my only other comment there. All right, number 10 is Cade Klubnick, quarterback at Clemson. He won the Elite 11 last year. Um, He's kind of sneaky because DJU is not exactly in a position of power right now. Like, is he is he the one kind of high-end quarterback recruit that's going to start midway through the season? I don't know. And I, the other thing is Clemson isn't afraid to pull guys for better players. So, something to watch, I think, for sure. He could he could be out there sooner rather than later. Um, number 11, Evan Stewart, wide receiver, Texas A&M. Thoughts? I always, I, I've always thought he's a little bit overrated, but... I do think he's probably the best wide receiver that's at Texas A&M right now. So, yeah, five-star wide receiver goes there. Jimbo Fisher, best best wide receiver. He's quote-unquote developed as Kelvin Benjamin. So, like, he just doesn't have this track record of having wide receivers come from him. So Yeah, that's that's the one last thing I was gonna say is yeah, Texas A and M isn't known for drafting and or getting guys developed into the league uh, at this position. So they just don't like emphasize it and then there's no development that occurs like year one to three and they're just like the same player that came out of high school. Yeah, talented, but the only Texas A and M guy that, you know, is really good is Mike Evans. Like the best guy that they had. Important. Uh, so the twelve is Cameron Ward, QB, sophomore, Washington State, draft eligible next year. Moved on to Cam Ward, Luke. Oh, sorry. Yeah, my internet just dropped there for a second, so we'll see how that. I'm not going to edit this, so it'll be fine. Okay. Um. Cam Ward, my, again, I get, I'm hesitant. He's number 12, so that means he should go at, at 202 in our league. Washington State, Pac-12, great. They don't play defense. This should be really good for him fantasy-wise. But he was an FCS, and he's going to the Power 5, so... Some people look at it as just a jump from FCS to FBS. Some people look at it as FCS to Group 5, Power 5. It's a big jump. In high school, he did a wing T system, so he never threw the ball. He averaged 12 passes a game. And then his FCS conference wasn't any good. But... He went to school in Incarnate Ward in, I believe it's San Diego or San Antonio, Texas. And and their head coach is now the offensive coordinator at Washington State. So if you want to follow that narrative, hey, they're going to have a guy who's who knows him and knows what works well for him. But um, I was listening to Josh 
Schleveller? I don't know. I don't know how to say his last name. But he he mentioned four guys who came up from the S- FCS up to the Power Five and how they did. Vernon Adams was the most successful, threw for about 2,600 yards, 26 touchdowns, and six interceptions in 10 games in 2015. Dakota Prukup started five games and then got benched for a freshman named Justin Herbert in 2016. And then Gage Gubrud started zero games uh, for Washington State. And then Kevin Thompson started zero games for Washington in 2020. Then decided to declare for the NFL draft, and he did not get drafted after starting zero games. Wild, but... So, there's not really a lot of success historically for FCS guys going to Power 5, like, as that being their step. Now, you've got the Bailey Zappi who went FCS to Western Kentucky, which I don't even... I don't know if I'd even consider that a group five type landing place, but then he did really well. So it's like, do you want to follow what things have done historically? They also all seem to be in the Pacific Northwest where they're going to Oregon, Washington, Washington state. And and Jacob, you mentioned on our last podcast, like he's got tools, like he can that, that's my only thing is like he's got really good tools. So like my follow up would be okay. How many of those guys had an arm like he had or could move like he could? I I don't know. I just find the position really really difficult to nail down. So I'm really just looking for the obvious stuff like this guy's faster than everybody else or bigger or has a better arm or can make these crazy throws. So I, I I've just been so frustrated evaluating the quarterback position that I'm making it as simple as possible for myself and targeting it through, you know, our waiver period, stuff like that. I agree with you. Quarterback is the toughest. Yeah. It's so he could, if somebody wants to take a shot on him, they could hit the jackpot. It could be a a total bust. This is a real up and down. I'm not really sure how, how I want to look at him. 13, Logan Diggs. Running back, freshman, Notre Dame, 2024. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Bell. Bell. No, you're good. Um, so, word just came out that he tore his labrum in spring. Um, he could miss some of the fall. So, draft him at your own risk. I actually really avoid – I don't have as much of a problem with, like, an ACL tear or a knee than I do – a, like a shoulder injury because I've had shoulder surgery it is the worst the worst I don't know the recovery just is it, it never I don't know so I just think they linger and then it just takes more time than they will ever tell you that you're going to be you know healthy by Yeah, my only other comment was, you know, is it a question mark, will he even be the guy, or is they going to split shares, think that Tyree, the other running back there, is more of a pass catcher, so how, how are they going to be used, I don't know. Yep, um, sounds like at a camp, uh, Esteem, I'm trying to think of 
of who it was. Travis Esteem, I think. Esteem, Esteem, I don't es- know how to pronounce it. Yeah, it sounds like he was getting a lot of good buzz. Um, number 14, Relique Brown, freshman, uh, USC running back. I'm Personally, I'm just not a fan. He's just really small. I think he's more of a slot wide receiver guy than anything. But he's as a running back there. It's kind of weird because he's... Depends on how you look at, like, if he's small or not. He's really short. But he's actually pretty heavy for his height. I mean, he's kind of a little bowling ball, and he's really fast. So he's not... He's not someone that we should just completely discount. But at the same time, NFL-wise, I don't completely see it. Yeah, those are my exact comments, too. Um, number 15. Oh, do you have any more that you want to add to yep. him? Uh, number 15, Emmanuel Henderson, freshman running back, Alabama. He's going to Alabama. I'm interested. He, he was the one player I've always thought was just completely overrated because I believe he was the RB1 for a lot of sites for a long time, like a year and a half. The reality is now that he's kind of fallen to earth a little bit, I'm starting to get more interested again. He's a, he's a pretty interesting athlete, and if he can put on just a, actually a reasonable amount of weight in college for someone with his frame, I might I might be back in. That's the one bad thing I think about Alabama running backs. They sit and wait, and they wait their turn. So yep. you, while he may be good, he might sit on your roster for th- two or three years yep. before you actually get a play. So that's... Yeah, but you don't even need to be good at Alabama to get drafted. Brian Robinson? No, he actually had a good year at Alabama. Gotcha. Tell me what Josh Jacobs ever did at Alabama. He caught the ball. (laughs) And then he can't catch it in the NFL. But he's still a serviceable back, so getting that draft capital for that position is super important. You know, be average and just make up for it in volume. Ian, I'll have you do number 16 because I can't pronounce his last name. That's what you were going to say. Well, I'm definitely going to butcher it. But uh, So running back, uh, sophomore, Pittsburgh, 2023, Israel, Abinaconda. That's probably pretty good. (laughs) Pretty good. (laughs) So I, I think he's the best back that they have in Pittsburgh, and he showed it last year. But they still never gave him the backfield. And if you can't overtake the backfield and be the guy at Pittsburgh, are you going to go to the pros? Like, I don't know. If he can't take it this year, I don't think he'll be like a undrafted free agent or a day three guy, sixth, seventh yeah. round. But if he does happen to take it and get it, I th- think he can – be like a fifth round, fourth round running back that's taken if he gets to show it. Isaiah Spiller. Isaiah Spiller. <laughs> so that was rude. But yeah, that, those are my thoughts on on Izzy. I he was a guy that I looked at acquiring in my second waiver pickup, and I'm really glad I went with Sky Moore. Especially with the way it played out. Yes. <laughs> yes, for at, sure. At, at that time, 
given a zero percent chance that he would have got the draft capital that he got. So, waiver wire full full of gems. <laughs> uh, seventeen, Kendra Miller, running back, sophomore, TCU, draft eligible next year. To me, he he just like fills that void, and he's going to be the starter. But I'm not overly interested in him. I don't have much of a like take said, on him. Now that, now that Zach Evans is off to Ole Miss, I think, I think he was pretty good like spelling Zach Evans last year, and that's why he's kind of getting hyped up. But, I mean, I've, I've watched him a couple times, and there's just nothing there that really like flashes for me to be like, oh, this is a top 20 player that I can go after. If I'm remembering correctly, they're, they got a new head coach, and their new head coach is the former head coach of Western Kentucky, where Bailey Zappi threw a lot. So I couldn't tell you who the running back was at Western Kentucky. So I'm probably not going to be able to tell you who TCU's running back is going to be. That'll be nice for Quentin Johnston. Can't wait. Hopefully he can stay healthy and stay on the field. Maybe we can uh, work out a trade where I get QJ and Anthony Richardson in some way. Wow, a three-way trade? Let's do it. <laughs> I'm up for uh, new experiences. We can yeah, talk about it. How, do you, how does that even work? <laughs> I don't know. We'll Fan tracks we'll capable of three ways. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll figure something out. Um, All right. Go ahead, Luke. Number 18, Montrell Johnson, running back. Um, he's a sophomore going to the University of Florida. He follows his head coach from the University of uh, Louisiana Lafayette, where he was a true freshman and ran for 838 yards and 13 touchdowns. Uh, Billy Napier, I kind of talked about it at our last podcast, but Kirk Ferentz, we know how much the Hawkeyes like to run the ball. In neutral game scripts, Kirk Ferentz passes 41.3% of the time. That's a five-year average. Billy Napier passes at 36.7%. So, like, he's going to run the ball. He typically has two running backs. Um, Elijah Mitchell, you know, with the 49ers, he came from that system. They have two running backs that run the ball and usually a quarterback. So they, they've had a running back drafted, I think, like the last Louisiana Lafayette. They've had a, at least one of their running backs drafted, I think, the last three or four years. So you got a guy who produces as a freshman. Um, they like to use the quarterback to run the ball, Anthony Richardson. They've got a, a pretty good slew of guys at Florida that can run the ball. Um, I think I think Montreal Johnson could be the best one there currently. Um, but they probably won't produce really for you fantasy. It's going to be mostly like he'll be a, a a serviceable based on how many guys that we have to play in the flex. Um, but don't expect big things. I don't think this year. But I think I think he he will get his chance. Nineteen, C.J. Williams, wide receiver, freshman, head to USC, Lincoln Riley. And uh, draft eligible 
I don't really have any takes on C.J. Williams. I think it's a little bit odd that C.J. Williams hasn't been, like, I, I just haven't seen him hyped up like some of the other freshman wide receivers. But the reality is he's got quite a bit going for him. He's kind of already in that NFL size zone. He's going to USC, but gets plenty of wide receivers to the, to the NFL. So I could see I could see him working out long term. I think when I looked into him, I would think he's a super speedy guy, but he's known for his route running. So one of those wide receiver types, maybe not a burner, but can really run the routes. Yeah, like the NFL. The NFL is for probably has good reason, but for some reason is really prioritizing these burner wide receivers. But at the same time, you, you can look at all the data in terms of yards and touchdowns and all that kind of stuff. Speed is not athleticism in general is not that big of an indicator correlated to wide receiver success. And then number twenty is Tavion Thomas running back out of Utah. Um, he's their return starter and crushed it last year. Um, Utah kind of finds one guy and just rides them. Um, he kind of, I think he kind of broke out towards the middle of last year. Um, I'm in another C2C league that has waivers that run weekly, and he was one of my midseason pickups and helped me out um, quite a bit and then got hurt. So I dropped him and. I wasn't all that familiar with him, but he's huge. So, um, I think he's got a shot at the NFL. I don't think it's, you know, anything great, but he'll be a day three guy, I think, at least. Yep. How is he not playing linebacker? How big is he? I mean, coming out of high school, he was listed 6'2", 225. Well, that's, that's big for a running back. Yeah. So that that is our that was the top twenty ADP based off of campus to Canton. So that gives us two rounds of our our supplemental guys that are there with a, a large majority of them being freshmen. So again, I think with these freshmen, you, you can't really expect them to do much for you this year. And then I know. How do you want to craft your team? Is that what you want to yeah. go for? Um, where I think a lot of these guys have some NFL potential, but then you're just going to have to wait. They're going to have to eat up a roster spot. Um, but some people will do that. Like Grimm has Destin Hill still eating a roster spot, and he hasn't even enrolled in school yet. Okay, I know it's getting late, but what is going on there? Does, do, you, like, do you have any idea? I, I don't. I have no idea. Just it's almost like he's just not ever going to even... Go to school. He, he hasn't even enrolled. Yeah, he was he was a top guy at Florida State last year. Like, he was going to be one of their best wide receivers that they'd taken. I, I have mean, no idea. If he, had, if he misses another year and then he enrolls, it's like, you're already, like, 21. And then you're a freshman. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, Felix Jones 2.0. <laughs> well, hey Ian, is there anything we're we're running? Had a long episode again, but I, I enjoy having these talks with 
with everyone in the league, getting their perspective, and then getting them to talk a little bit more about, you know, the league and, and players. I think it's fun. Yeah, 100%. I had, I had fun. Um, glad you guys had me on. Um, yeah, hopefully hopefully the rest of the guys in the league jump on. It's uh, it's fun. Uh, it's fun just sitting here bullshitting, talking uh, college football, NFL, like a bunch of nerds. It's fun. So. Yeah. Um, have you been able to catch up on the podcasts and, and listen to what everybody else has had to say? Yeah, I've listened to all of them so far, and they've all been they've all been entertaining and fun to listen to. Sweet. So, so this yeah, I will. Good job. Thanks. I I'm having I'm having fun doing it and being much more comfortable talking. Um, I don't always sound the most excited. I feel excited, but uh, I, I guess I just don't have a voice uh, for podcasting. I don't know, but good enough for who it's for. Um, Sorry, I ran you guys long, but no, it was, it was a good time. We enjoy we enjoy like talking. Single, I think the one that me and Luke did, which I don't, I even, I didn't listen to that one because I knew I probably sounded like shit. But at the same time, the one we did was supposed to be like twenty minutes. I think it was still like forty five. <laughs> yeah, and like I'm hoping to get all these to be like twenty or thirty minutes, but like people have stuff that they want to talk about, and I want to encourage that and yep. and get it. Um, get it going. I'm excited that people are excited about the league and and whatnot. So it's it's also good to hear other people's thoughts on players too, because um, it's like, hey, I know Ian's got this player. Maybe he's not that high on him. I don't know. It 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 also helps with with trades. Um, yep. So I will get this posted. I think sometime later tonight, and then Jacob, you and I are gonna come back. Sunday night and do We're doing some rapid fire, man. Doing one with uh, Nate, I think. That'll be fun. So, any questions for Nate after you crushed his dreams in the final? <laughs> no, it was man. I just I got lucky. I had some really good depth on the NFL side, and man, I I had some guys really step up, and Nate had a really tough team, and I, I got lucky. You hear that, Nate? Ian crushed Ian you. Ian said they, they got lucky. <laughs> so no specific questions, but no, I love I love the his uh, attitude towards trades. Just always firing them out there. Always keeps things interesting. Yeah, for sure. Well, hey, um, I hope everybody has a a good Memorial Day weekend. Um, I am Luke. I'm Jacob. Not me in. Thanks, right. guys. Yep. Bye. Thanks, boys.